Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. If the last couple years taught the merchandising industry anything, it's to expect the unexpected. We've seen uncertainty with demand, customer behavior, and the supply chain. So what is next? What do merchandising industry leaders have in store? Joining me now is GNC's Chief Merchandising Officer, Carlin Matson. Hi, Carlin, and welcome to the NutriCast. Thank you so much, Danielle. I'm so excited to be here with you today. I'm so excited to have you on. Tell me, what is the current state of the merchandising industry? Oh, my goodness. Well, we all know that it is going through a pretty significant transformation right now. And if I you know, think back over the last like 80 years, we've gone through these just pivots. We've gone from local market to department store to mass merchandising, you know, the kind of hyper markets and fast fashion and e-commerce. And I think now I would really describe it as this age of information. And, you know, the customer is certainly taking a lot more control over their decision making, over the information that they need to make decisions specifically about their health and their wellness, um, the types of services that they want, their need states are so different. And so, you know, that personal engagement is really at a high um, and the, the flow of information back and forth, both from um, the consumer and how the retailer really harnesses that to do well by the consumer. It's it's exciting. It's a it's a time where we really, really can personalize that experience for them on so many levels. Um, so having done this for a while, it's so exciting for me to really start pivoting and thinking about all those opportunities with the customer in many, many different ways. Yeah, one of the ways I think is social media, right? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, to what I was just speaking about, it's absolutely an avenue of information. And I, you know, people have different points of view on social media. Um, As a very curious human being, I definitely engage in social media because I think it's a really strong source of what is that social conversation going on right now? What is top of mind to the consumer and ensuring that, you know, as a retailer, you're you're listening in and you're understanding different consumers, what are the channels that they're experiencing, what are the type of different venues that they're really engaging in, um, and how do you then deploy that and have the right conversation with the audiences that are specific to that particular type of social media platform. Um, So, you know, on our end, we're certainly looking at testing and trying and ensuring that we're on point with those choices that we make. Yeah, what are some of those strategies that you're using and how do you apply them to all the different types of social media that's out there? Yeah, so I think that the key is really testing, right, and ensuring that we're getting insights really from a global perspective. I always look at anything that we do really through a trend curve. So what are we testing? You know, what's kind of incoming? What's kind of at the peak and making sure we're really relevant by you know, age by categorical type. And so, you know, where is Instagram important? Where is Facebook important? You know, TikTok certainly is an interesting channel, but what parts of TikTok are people engaging in? So it's taking all of that information in and then really assessing, testing, trying, and and looking at the response rate that we're getting from the consumer. It's a little overwhelming to think about. I mean, because I feel like one video might work on, say, TikTok, but that might not work, say, on Facebook, right? 
Sure. And sometimes it can really fall flat. And that, again, gets at how are you really understanding your customer and making sure that you're making the right choices for that interest-based audience. And we're doing a lot of work refining and defining and supporting that journey. Mm -hmm. Social media is one piece of the puzzle. What are some other things that GNC is investing in? I'm thinking different types of technology, perhaps. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I think of my CIO as my personal, you know, best friend right now because <laughs> technology, you know, we all know this, right? Technology is so powerful and it certainly supports processes, experience, data extraction. Um, and so when I think about where I look at the power right now for us in terms of technology, it's it's a lot of process innovation in terms of what is a particular tool that we can utilize to help support my team in terms of extracting data, improving the efficiency of processes inside the organization. That's a big part of the year this year is making sure that we have those appropriate tools to really support them in their work and and their journey so that they can kind of shift their own thinking to the more strategic side and digging into the customer and understanding that we're really resolving their needs. But secondarily, how are we using technology to really enable experiences? And, you know, certainly we put a lot of investment into our website in the last several months, but then how does that also translate out into digital experiences? And what are we, you know, really investing in at the store level so we can personalize that relationship and the kind of tools that we can have our selling associates, we call them coaches, how they can engage in a one-on-one experience with our customers. So certainly, Um, work going on in that space as well. We're also, you know, really trying to harness Microsoft 365 to really kind of centralize a lot of data flow for us and really utilize the database to leverage information and pull together all our different channels of analytics to really strengthen our ability to understand our customer and then be able to personalize and respond appropriately. So it is absolutely a year of uh, heavying up on technology in support of our work to do our very best by the customer. So I'm mm-hmm. super excited, but I am definitely keeping him busy. <laughs> so <Right. laughs> it's an exciting, it's an exciting time for us, probably a little bit of a draining time for him, but he's been amazing and he's, uh, we're really, really fortunate to have him. So. So tell me a little bit about how GNC integrates sales insights into the customer experience. Yeah, you know, I look at sales insights from several different lenses. We certainly, you know, have our own selling data, you know, inside the organization, but the unlock is really taking that selling information, taking our CRM information, taking external information related to, you know, consumer insights um, and industry data and really marrying that all together to understand, you know, what are the big opportunity gaps that we have, not only from a merchandising standpoint, but also what's top of mind and important from the customer from an experiential standpoint. And so it's the amalgamation of all of that together that I would say it's not just, you know, the selling data, because that certainly can help support us think about categorical growth, slow, you know, maintain grow, but it's also, you know, how are we positioning those in the store? How are we thinking about when a customer walks in, what do we first need to kind of support them with when they engage in our store environment or online by watching that journey, you know, throughout any type of mechanism, whether it's the store environment or the e-commerce space and how we're welcoming them and presenting information to them. 
and I'm sure you could speak to this more than anybody, really. Consumer behavior has changed so dramatically, especially the last couple of years. How challenging has that been? You know, it's I think it's an opportunity, honestly. You know, I think we know that the pandemic really kind of shifted everybody's thinking about their own health and wellness. And the need for information and the engagement of information has been dramatic. If you think pre-pandemic, you know, a lot of us were wrestling with these QR codes. And is anybody using them? You know, we tested and tried those years ago, not at GNC, but elsewhere in my career, and very low engagement rate. Well, when you had to use those, certainly in a restaurant or another environment where you needed to pull data, people got a lot more comfortable with using some different ways of data, whether it's barcodes or QR codes. Um, And so trying to help support them in that journey of providing data to them, they're just exploring a lot more than they used to and making much stronger personal choices and decisions in that research. And we can see that based on their engagement with those tools, as well as, you know, how they're maybe starting their journey in e-commerce, but they're coming into the store to shop. It's interesting to kind of watch that evolution. I remember when QR codes came out maybe, I don't know, 15 years ago, and they were, like you said, they were really hot, and then they kind of just disappeared, and now they're back. And I noticed a lot of brands are using them on their bottles to trace ingredients. Uh, Is that something that GNC does, and is that something that you're noticing consumers are engaging with? You know, we're finding that we're utilizing more in the in-store environment in terms of signage and not so much specifically on the bottles themselves okay? Um, because it allows us to be a lot more real time, you know, in terms of the information that we're providing to them. And with our staff of scientists and nutritionists, we always just want to be most current and not limited by what we might put on packaging at that moment in time. Okay. And just looking, you know, just the past couple of years, I mean, obviously the pandemic was a curse for many, but also a blessing for the health and wellness industry. I mean, GNC, I know you guys experienced some declines in store traffic. You had to shift consumer service reps to remote work, but you saw an increase in digital orders. I I think I read four times the traffic compared to pre-COVID. How would you say GNC has been able to rebound from those pandemic-related merchandising challenges? Well, you know, I give a lot of credit to the team. Um, I joined GNC in August, and There was so much work done really in 2020 and getting the stores back up and running, you know, in all but I think two states within a matter of 40 days. Um, So they are um, just an incredible leadership team who, you know, everybody's so focused and core focus is on serving our customer. And it's been really exciting to join this organization and see how that enabled decision-making in the heart of the pandemic. You know, I think a lot of retailers did a lot of innovative, they took the time and they did a lot of thinking about how do we come out of this and how do we transform? And the beauty that I see in GNC, it is, it's incredibly nimble, it's incredibly focused, and we're really able to kind of ensure that as we have come out of this environment that we had the processes, the technology investments, the products, you know, kind of in flight so that we came out of this in a different place. And it's serving us really well. And also thinking about our channel strategy, you know, certainly when you're reliant upon a store group, and, and as many retailers were, you know, being able to pivot and have our e-commerce run so effectively standing up ship from store in a matter of days, 
you know, what does BOPIS look like? And so there's a lot of different investments that were made to stand up the way the consumer could engage with us very specifically and quickly during that time frame. But also then thinking about how are we broadening our channels of distribution beyond our retail stores, franchise stores, and e-commerce, and also into wholesale so that we're there when the customer is out and about and or when when or where they want to engage. So that has also served us really well to be prepared for that moment. How would you say merchandising companies can succeed in these difficult climates? Yeah, I think a real key to it is listening, listening and listening, right? And I think uh-huh. to be so in tune to following and understanding the customer and you can view it from even your own kind of personal experiences and then the research and just being a student of, you know, everything that you're reading in the industry, that listening mechanism, I I can't speak loudly enough of how important that is because if you're not, you're not going to be ahead of what the customer needs or wants. And I think that also has served us really well. I think also ensuring that, you know, providing information and being prepared to provide the customer information so we're ready when they're ready. And I think that's also helped serve us really well. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned, you know, we're in this age of information and there's so much false information out there. Are you trying to help put out facts? Well, absolutely. I mean, I think we're very fortunate to have a lot of long tenured people on our team who are so gifted and understanding, you know, everything that we need to do from a regulatory standpoint. We've been very aggressively involved in developing standards in the industry to elevate quality, safety, traceability, transparency in the overall supply chain so that we're all, you know, helping the customer with the right information so that they can make good decisions. So I feel very confident in the way that the team approaches this and ensuring that that one of our greatest assets as a company is trust. And we have to be on top of our facts in order to retain that trust from our customer. Uh-huh. Uh, just looking ahead, what are some of GNC's merchandising growth strategies? Well, we certainly, I touched on a little bit, you know, one of um, the opportunities for us overall is just the channel strategy, right? And thinking about where do we show up and play in the wholesale arena? But then more specifically, how are we thinking about growth strategies from the ways we're thinking about leveraging analytics um, to strengthen our productivity, innovation? You know, what are those new categories that are emerging? Um, What do we need to refresh and redesign for our consumer? But I think, you know, to your question, the growth strategies overall are pretty clear, you know, in terms of industry data. And then we have to do the filter of are these on point for our consumer? So the things that I would say transcend that are certainly immune health, um, mental health. You know, we're, we're definitely... Um, heavily involved in the protein and, you know, kind of personal fitness and personal supplement space. But I also think, you know, the conversation around just stress and anxiety in that mental health space is certainly an important one to support our consumer with and ensure that we have the products and support that they need when they show up and, and want to buy into those and support them with those. When it comes to those types of products, what are you hearing from consumers? What type of formats and ingredients are they interested in? Yeah, I think, you know, we certainly see a lot of engagement in in products like ashwagandha. We are also seeing, you know, a rise in brain health, you know, which is a little bit of a different tangent. But I think 
there is this whole other, you know, kind of body of work right now in terms of gut health and brain health. Um, and yeah. so seeing a growth certainly in, in those categories as well. And you, you have to believe that they're somehow, you know, interrelated and interconnected, but, you know, the one that has really been super strong for us is ashwagandha um, in particular. So, you know, I think it's, it's really balancing kind of what is all of that category of mental health and brain health really look like holistically. So we're thinking about then how we present those to the customer as well. So you clearly have a handle on what customers want right now. What are some future merchandising market predictions? You know, I think as we think forward, you know, our our goal is really going to be testing, trying, and listening. And I think, you know, this mental health dialogue is certainly not going to go away. And so that's that's something that we're going to lean into and make sure we're on top of the latest and greatest innovations there. I think there's a lot of interesting work on kind of this hormonal kind of life stage type of um, work right now. And so really kind of looking at the need states that people have beyond, you know, kind of those pre-40s to the post-40s and ensuring that we're along the way with them in terms of having products to support them in that journey. Very intrigued by the dialogue around menopause right now, you know, and it's certainly that was something that, you know, was not talked about even five years ago. And so that we're seeing that space really have this amazing conversation right now, not dissimilar to the conversation that was, you know, not broad even five years ago about mental health. And so as we see people more comfortable about not only something like menopause, but sexual health, that we're thinking about the need states of our customer um, more holistically, and then also thinking beyond supplements and thinking towards services. And what more can we do as a retailer to be in service to the customer on other ways that they think about nutrition and wellness. Um, our recent partnership with Real Eats would be an example of that. You know, it's nutritional food. It's not the normal, you know, type of product that somebody would have historically thought of from GNC, but it is nutrition at its finest. And so as we think about the opportunity for us to broaden that conversation and, and that relationship with a customer, it goes beyond the type of, you know, core products that you would typically think of from GNC. Definitely. I love that you brought up menopause. I was just writing something about it yesterday. And like you said, even five years ago, that was something that wasn't discussed, very taboo. What do you think changed that? You know, it's such a good question, Danielle. I um, just happened to personally know um, one of the founders of the brand Womaness and also one of the founders of Bray. And so I started listening, this gets back to our, you know, conversation about social listening, right, was following them and their engagement in the topic and their ability to go there and have that conversation and then seeing this kind of movement now in the employer base and, you know, what type of things do employers need to think about in terms of the impact from a menopausal state on a woman and her health those are just things that weren't even in discussion a few years ago. And so I feel like we've had some really strong champions in that space, largely coming out of this particular industry. And I feel really encouraged by that conversation because it's a very real one. And I think it's been the silent, you know, kind of uh, stereotype, if you will, for a long time. And, and 
a lot more information coming out on it, certainly a lot more data and research about it, but I, I give a lot of credit to these female champions who've been great about putting it out there and their products, you know, take a little poke at it too and have fun with it yeah. and make it interesting and not taboo. Um, so we definitely want to support that journey with them as well and support our customer who, you know, has needs that we need to fulfill and hasn't, we, you know, holistically as an industry have not fulfilled these well in, in the last several years, if ever. And I love the educational piece. Uh, there's a lot of women even who didn't know a, a ton about menopause. And then you add in, you know, now more men are more knowledgeable about it. So overall, I just think it's such a great step. And like you said, hats off to all the researchers and people and trailblazers who are really putting this message out. Yeah, I really um, am encouraged by that conversation. And just, you know, it's it's not only that, as I mentioned earlier, I think this whole conversation around mental health is radically or dramatically drastically it's a new word changed <laughs> the last several years and you know i think again it's such a silent conversation and it it's becoming so different now and and so much less taboo and people have suffered and struggled in that space for so long and again how do we just not make that taboo and we're here to really encourage and support that yeah, and I certainly appreciate you coming on the NutriCast today to tackle some of these hard to discuss topics. Yeah, you know, I'm it's, you know, again, if you're in service to your customer, you think about them holistically, whether it's taboo or not taboo or whether it's been taboo or not taboo. So, we want to ensure that we're we're there supporting them in any kind of journey that they're on. Certainly. GNC's Chief Merchandising Officer Carlin Matson, thank you so much for joining me here on the NutriCast. Thank you, Danielle. It was really a great time to have a conversation with you. If you like what you just heard, you can subscribe to the NutriCast wherever you get your podcasts. You can also head to NutriIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutri-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutriCast next week.